0: Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome to church. Salamat, friends. Welcome. Are you ready for week two of relationship status? It's gonna be exciting. Bring out your tissues. I hope you're ready. Uh, My name is Liz. If we haven't met before, I'm part of the team here at FAVOR. Uh, I had just got back from Australia, the land down under. Uh, it was amazing. I went to Favorite Church, Brisbane. For those of you who don't know, we got family on the other side of the ocean. It's amazing. Uh, I had a, a lot of fun there. I, you know, met new friends, met up with old ones, hung out with some alpacas. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, but yes, i <laughs> walking with the alpacas. Uh, but it was so much fun. But uh, actually, my highlight for this week was the Staying Alive Party. Which, by the way, I totally crashed. I'm not yet in our favorite season community. But that was so much fun. I know we have it up there. If you are above the age, of uh, 15 above, uh, you're going to want to hang out with these people. They had so much fun. I actually had to be the one to send them home. Because, uh, you know, I was just afraid that I might have to send them to the hospital if I don't send them home. And what was awesome was on the way out, they had these giveaways. And we were thinking, you know what, you should probably give out salons and white flower next time, uh, just to help with their uh, creaking bones. But actually, they gave away back scratchers, which is pretty pretty clever. Uh, And they also gave away fans. And so I was like, okay, the fans are cool. I mean, Shang isn't as warm as Crown Plaza. Uh, But then as they were walking out, the women were like, thank you for giving us fans. We have so much hot flashes right now. (laughs) So I was like... Awesome, uh, but they partied hard and they had so much fun. And so if you are above the age of 50, we want to invite you, check out favor.church slash seasoned. It's such a great community. Favor Youth, Favor Movement, Favor Pro, you got to step it up. Uh, they just set the tone for how to party. And all the favor Season said, amen. Amen. Okay, awesome. So as I said, I wasn't here last week, but last week, Pastor James started a new series, so I got to watch it online. And he's starting us off on this relationship series. And so last week, he talked about how, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic and a lot of us kind of lost our social skills. We got used to like hanging out by ourselves. Uh, but he encouraged all of us to re-engage. It's time for us to come out of our shells and re-engage once again. But then when we re-engage, sometimes it comes with drama and some difficulty. And so he also talked about the importance of having boundaries when it comes to relationships. So I was so excited when we I heard we were doing this relationship series. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to head to Brisbane. Can't wait till I get back. And then as I was walking out of the office, Pastor James is like, and you're preaching the Sunday, you get back. And I was like, what? And he goes, well, you're going to preach about something that, you know, you have authority on. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, So today they asked me to preach about something which, true enough, I consider myself pretty good at. Um, But no, I am not preaching about singleness, I am preaching a little bit about singleness today, but you see, I wanted to preach a message that I feel that everyone in the room could relate to, not just singles. Now, maybe singles will be able to relate more, uh, but I think that this is something that affects a lot of people because a lot of us have experienced what it feels like every once in a while to feel alone or to feel like you're doing life alone. So your relationship status doesn't matter whether you're single or you're married, but all of us have experienced the feeling of being lonely. So the title of my message today, if you are taking down notes, is All By Myself. I actually wanted to sing it, but I'm gonna spare all of you. No, it's good. We're fine. All by No, i just kidding. I'm fine. <laughs> Sample. So today, I'm preaching about loneliness. So if you know the title of this message, you know the song. It's a song that comes out in every montage when the star of the movie is going through a meltdown, right? They're just going, they're singing it in front of a fountain all by myself. It's a song by Eric Carmen in 1975. In Australia, I actually preached a version of this message and I entitled it, Just Don't Wanna Be Lonely thinking that they might know the song. But I realized the only reason why it's popular in Manila was because Regine Velasquez covered it. Um, But there are so many songs, if you go on Spotify, about being lonely. Now, guess how many songs there are in Spotify entitled, I Want To Be Lonely. Anyone? Want to guess? Zero. There are zero songs entitled, I Want To Be Lonely, because the fact is, none of us want to be lonely. No one ever says my goal is to be lonely. However, sometimes we have goals like I want to be independent. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. I want to be financially free. I want to be financially stable. I want to not be stressed out. I want to be popular or well-liked. I want to never get hurt. And... In the striving for these things, and some of these are good, some of these are good, like being financially stable, that's good. But what no one tells us is if we spend so much time nurturing these things and working on these things, that we actually end up isolating, or sometimes we end up alienating, and that turns into loneliness. And in the worst case scenario, it actually turns into indifference. No one gave us that disclaimer, right? And we are now living in an age where loneliness is at an all-time high, even though we are the most digitally connected generation. And why? There are different factors that make us lonely. It could be busyness, It could be comparison. It could be a life stage. Maybe for some of you, you know, transitioning from being a student to being an adult can be a lonely thing. Or someone who was working and then retired can be a lonely thing. You could be a married couple and even in marriage. I remember someone once told me, she's like, Liz, if you think that being lonely as a single person sucks, imagine being lonely as a married person. And that was like, that really got to me because then I thought, you know, for a lot of single people, you probably think if I get married, my loneliness will be solved. But I don't know. Again, I don't have experience there. But from what I've heard, it's very possible to feel lonely within a marriage or for a married couple to feel lonely in their community. That's possible as well. Feeling like They're doing things all on their own. For some people, it's feeling misunderstood in a group, in a group setting, going through conflict, rejection, trauma, aging. There are many, many factors why people can be lonely. And lonely is so insidious because sometimes we don't even know it's there. So can I get a show of hands? How many of you in the last three years had a thought that said, I feel like I'm all alone? Can you raise your hand? Can you just look around you? And I know some of you are not raising your hands because you're just shy or you're just ashamed. And married couples don't take it against your spouse. If they raise their hand, they could have been lonely at work, not at home. (laughs) So a lot of us have experienced loneliness. So as I said, I was going to preach about something I was pretty good at. And the honest to goodness truth is I am pretty good at being lonely. Uh, So my experience as a kid, some of you have heard my story. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents were separated at an early age. Now, just disclaimer, I'm super good with my family now, and God has healed us. But back then, it was really, really tough for me. I didn't know anyone in my age group who had parents who were separated because in the Philippines, that's not a thing. Uh, so I grew up all alone, not having someone to talk to. If I needed my homework done, I needed to do it on my own. Uh, as a teenager, um, I remember my, my my dad had remarried. And again, love my stepfamily, disclaimer. But as a kid, you don't really understand what's happening at that time. And I felt like Cinderella, you know, because uh, that was the only concept I had of stepfamily. And that felt really alone. But then I started being good at it. That translated into college. Like, I just was someone who knew how to take care of her own problems. That was basically the way I was built. Uh, I lived on my own in the States. So moving to a different country on your own, I've done that. I've traveled on my own. I've driven myself to the hospital on my own. Uh, has Have anyone tried to put fitted sheets on a bed? That's like from the devil. It is the worst thing. Like, are you really single if you've ever had— you you know, if you've never had to put fitted sheets. Or how about this? Have you ever built an IKEA shelf, anyone? IKEA shelf on your own. Praise the Lord that is in Manila. Uh, if you've never tried it, this is the chance to try. Um, I just learned how to do things on my own. And I was too good at being independent, but actually, I was quite miserable. And so I thought that, you know, if I built up a career, or if I got a love life, I would feel less alone. But the thing is, Yes, I was somewhat succeeding in my career at that time and failing at love life. But even if one area was good, I just felt like I was still missing something. Can you guys relate to anything that I'm saying right now? So maybe you can relate to me if you're a teenager, you're struggling in school, if you're single and you're praying for a spouse or you're waiting for a boyfriend or girlfriend or joa. If you are maybe going through a separation, if you are widowed. uh, Maybe you transferred here from another country and it's actually been a tough transition. Uh, If you felt left behind, overwhelmed, under pressure, traumatized, and hurt. We're going to talk about that today. But I'm not talking about the fleeting a feeling of being lonely, not the one second or the one minute, and then after that, you're okay. I'm talking about the kind of loneliness that's chronic and the type that you've struggled with for a while. So today, I'm going to share some thoughts on loneliness with you, what loneliness can do, but also what God can do. And what God can do is way bigger. You know, John 10.10 10 says, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, uh, Jesus came that you may have life and life to the full. And that's what I'm believing for all of us today. Are you good? Okay, first point. Loneliness makes us think we're missing out, but God doesn't withhold any good thing. So in this generation, we've heard it a lot, FOMO, or the fear of missing out. Uh, anyone experience FOMO? I hate it. When it's it's that moment when you're on Facebook and you saw a party that you weren't invited to. Or, you know, you knew you were invited to the party, but all of a sudden you got COVID and you couldn't go. Uh, all these different things. Um, people are different life stages. All your friends got married and you're still single. There is a lot of people who experience FOMO. But with God, we actually have all we need and all we want. Um, in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says... Uh, This is David speaking. He says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is one of the verses that I really held on to this year. Because I know for myself and for you guys, maybe you've been praying for guidance. You've been praying for joy. You've been praying not just for your needs, but even your wants. And this verse says that in his presence is all of that. But as early as Genesis 3 in the creation story, the enemy, the devil came in the form of the serpent and actually deceived Adam and Eve. And he said, God's actually withholding from you. But the truth was God had given Adam and Eve everything except he was trying to protect them and saying, don't eat from the one tree. So God was protecting, but the devil said, God is withholding. And so in that moment, God was telling Adam and Eve, who told you? Who told you that you were naked and should be ashamed? Who told you that? And maybe for some of you, you have been struggling with that as well. Thoughts that I'm all alone or I'm rejected and I'm unwanted or I'm not enough or I'm a burden to people. Who told you that? Did God tell you that or is that the enemy telling you that? You know, I had, like I said, I struggled a lot in my early years that I had to go uh, to therapy. And I saw this Christian therapist, and she was awesome. And one of the first sessions I sat down in, I was telling her, yeah, nobody cares. And and yeah, no, that wouldn't work. And she would tell me, who told you that? Like, did you actually ask the person that you're assuming thought that? Like, who told you that? And so we have to capture our thoughts and really listen to God's voice and not the enemy's voice. Because God doesn't speak that way. There's no condemnation in Christ. In James 4, verse 7 to 8, it says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And one of the lies the enemy loves to peddle is that you'd be better off somewhere else. Or the grass is greener on the other side. But the fact is the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener, actually, where you water it. The grass is greener where you water it. And as a single person, believe me, I have struggled with this a lot. I would see other people enjoying things and... Um, I really realized that I actually had a choice. And so when I was in therapy, Doc would ask me every week, Liz, what new thing did you do for yourself? So instead of being hopeless at home, there was that invitation to step out in faith and actually enjoy what I have right now. It says in Psalm 16, verses five to six, Lord, you alone are my portion of my cup you make my lot secure the boundary lines have fallen in me in pleasant for me in pleasant places surely i have a delightful inheritance so there's actually blessing within the boundary lines that god set so if you're single god wants to bless that season if you're married god wants to bless that season if you're moving to a new country or to a new job god wants to bless that season Seasons are not better than the other. They're just different. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, The Lord God is our son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. So we have to know this about the character of God. Every time I feel like I'm missing out, I remind myself, God will not withhold any good thing. If I don't have it, it's not good. It's not good for me right now because our God doesn't withhold. Okay, my second point. Loneliness isolates us, but God connects us. So what happens when we feel lonely? For most people, uh, we have different ways of coping. Some people will um, maybe watch Netflix. Some people will turn to alcohol or binge eating or drugs, meaningless sex, gambling, uh, looking at porn, there are a lot of things that people do to cope, and we call those addictions. And I've talked about this before, but the nature of addictions is you get one little thing and you get a hit and it's enough to make you feel good, but it's never enough to sustain you. And so you keep having it over and over, and that's why it becomes an addiction. But the problem is, if we look at the definition of lonely, What loneliness means actually is you are unhappy because you are not with other people. So you would think we are an evolved species and we would have figured it out that the cure for loneliness is actually none of the things I mentioned earlier because none of them surrounds us with people. So addictions don't actually work. However, God did give us a solution and it says in Psalm 68, Verse 5 to 6. A father to the fatherless, a defender to widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. So where there is no provision, God provides himself. But otherwise, he provides families. If you look at different Bible versions, some of them will say family, some of them will say home. But if you look at the Bible times, they were all the same thing. Whether it was a home, a family, or a families. A family was actually extended family. Not just your immediate family, but it was your titos and your titas and your uncles and your aunts, your lolas and your lolas, the grandchildren, the servants of the household. It could be as small as 15 people which is the size of your connect group, or as big as 200 people. Like that to them was what family meant. And it was by design because every single person had a role there. But in this generation, in our culture, we've seemed to put a premium on independence and individualism. Yeah? But what if we're wrong? What if that's actually not the thing that we're supposed to aspire to? If there's one thing Filipinos are good at, it's family! It's in our DNA. I went to Favor Brisbane thinking to meet Australians, and I just met a bunch of titos and titas of Manila. It was awesome. Uh, Actually, our Favor Brisbane, we've got a good mix of Aussies and other internationals, but then there were the Filipinos there, and I promise you, they are the secret sauce. Like, You will have a relational church if you have Filipinos there. You will eat a lot if you have Filipinos there. They had leaders night and four women, four titas brought rice cookers with the rice. Not just the rice, it came in the rice cookers. So Filipinos are great. We're warm and caring. But you know what else Filipinos are bad at? They're bad at relationships as well. (laughs) We are bad at relationships because we can be really dysfunctional. And then we gossip and we can be passive-aggressive. And then in our culture, a lot of people have affairs. So we are both good and we are bad. We are also bad at relationships. But so many times we choose to look at the bad and then we push away. It's like, I don't want to deal with the bad. I don't want to deal with the drama. Instead of embracing or instead of striving towards what could be good. What could be good. So for me, I experienced this when I was living in the States. I moved to the States kind of like, this childhood dream, or it's like, I just want to get away from Manila. And I get there, and I lived in a beautiful place, but actually, I was super, super depressed. Like, I was away from my, my people in that sense. And I had bought into the lie that singleness is equal to loneliness. And so, you know, I was struggling with it, and I was praying to God. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. And the church that I went to had a singles ministry, And I absolutely hated it. Like, it was the worst thing. (laughs) And so much so that when I was taking my master's, so I was there for my master's, I was taking it. I did my research paper on singles ministries because I wanted to figure out if the problem was me. Like, am I the one with the problem or is it this thing? And I did my research, and guess what, guys? I am not the problem. (sighs) Praise the Lord. I did my research and found out that singles ministry doesn't work. So announcing to everyone, favorite church, as long as I'm around, we will never have a singles ministry. Here's why. Here's why. Uh, I think what I really annoyed me about it is that I would try to meet um, some of the women who are already married and join their Bible study, and they'd look at me and they'd go, um, but shouldn't you be with the single people? And it's like, but I actually want to learn. I actually want to learn from you. And so what Singles Ministry does, it actually isolates single people from the rest of the community. The lie is that the greatest need of singles is a spouse, but actually the greatest need of singles is family. They just want someone to have dinner with. (laughs) They just want someone to spend their holidays with, whether it's the real family or a family that's nurtured in a community like church. So can I just please appeal to married people? Please don't push single people away or judge them, or act more superior as if the only goal in life is to get married. I'm not, you know, hating on marriage. It's still a goal, it's still wonderful, but I have struggled so many years with that lie that I wasn't good enough because I'm not married. But Jesus wasn't married. The apostle Paul wasn't married. And so why would we put down married people? I mean, who's taking care of your kids right now? Single people. (laughs) If we removed all of them, good luck. (laughs) And who's preaching to you now? Single person. So don't push away, don't judge, don't be superior. Instead, be sensitive. Be sensitive. I mean, you know, yes, there's some people by choice, they, you know, they're being single. But for some people, it doesn't feel like a choice. Could you just be sensitive, be humble, and be inclusive? It says in 1 Corinthians 12 12 to 14, you see, family is not just people like us. It says here, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts Not just one part. I'm going to jump to verse 26 to 27. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So we all need each other. I love our community. We've got Favor Youth. If you're a high school student, we've got Favor Kids, as I mentioned earlier. We've got Favor Movement, which is our young adults movement. Uh, That's uh, 18 to 25. And then we've got Favor Pro, our new Favor Pro, our adults. If you're 26 to 49. And of course, our Favor Seasons. Favor Season. Um, I love this, hold on, I lost something, uh, Tito Dani, uh, one of our awesome season people, he posted yesterday, he posted yesterday something uh, that really caught my eye. He said, a church community, yeah, he loved Favorite Church because it was a church community where you'll never be afraid to age because every season of life is celebrated. I love that. And if you think that's super poetic, his daughter actually wrote that (laughs) which just goes to show that we need each other. Favor youth, respect your parents because they have wisdom that you don't. I tell the young adults all the time, hey, when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew everything. Guess what? That's all knowledge. It's not actually wisdom. And so that's why you need the people that are older than you. Uh, Seasoned people, you need the young people to teach you how to dress. I love it. I love seeing the outfits of our seasoned people. I got to Brisbane and one of the seasoned ladies was wearing Doc Martens. And I was like, whoa. And she's like, I know. I went shopping. I always wanted it. Um, That was incredible. But we need each other. We need to invest in each other and support one another. Uh, For me personally, I remember when Pastor James and Pastor Kate were in Brisbane uh, last month, uh, one of the most meaningful things to me was when a seasoned person came up to me and would say, the church is in good hands. That for me, that gave me so much confidence. And we need people to do that. We need to be able to cheer each other on. We need to honor one another. We need to honor one another. We need to learn from one another. We need each other to hold each other up, whether it's through failures or failures. Um, it's hard to fail at something because there's so much shame. And to be able to say to someone like, hey, you failed, I get it, but I'm still with you. I'm still here with you. We need to be able to hold each other up when we experience death of a loved one. Or we need someone to be able to cheer us on and to face our fears. We got to do it in community. Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other to sharpen and shape us because our relationships, as icky and dramatic as it can be, what they actually do is they reveal our fears, they reveal our unhealed wounds, and they reveal our rough edges. Without relationships, we wouldn't know that those are still there. So when we sharpen one another, we help shape one another. It's also important that we don't just connect to one, but we connect to many because God gave us an abundance of people to connect to. Be wise with the company that you choose for certain because it can corrupt good character if you're in bad company. But that's why we encourage people. We've got a lot of great um, communities or great ways to connect here at Favor. We got our connect groups, um, but we tell people, don't just join a connect group, sign up to serve. Sign up to serve. You get learn a new skill. You definitely make new friends. Or join one of our communities that I mentioned. But I want to encourage you: don't just do one, um, because what happens when you just do one is you miss out on what you could learn from other people in a different life stage than you. Let's not stay in cliques because that's annoying, right? But let's be open, curious, and gracious to other people. I love that we are the church for imperfect people. If you joined our church because of that, that's awesome. But guess what? You're going to meet other imperfect people. And so can we be gracious to them? I think one of our values is generosity. And I always try to teach, be generous in your thoughts towards others. Instead of assuming that the person's a real jerk, why don't you just Talk to them, and maybe you'll work out that they actually just don't know. Like, maybe they don't know they're being a jerk, and you can lovingly help them along their journey. But while you're at that, don't forget to nurture your family relationships and friendships. Love church, really do. Uh, But if our family back at home, if our friends outside of these walls say we're a terrible friend or a terrible family member— that's not great. So we got to show Jesus to other people. And so when we do, when we connect to many people, we are shaped in different ways. Just like a church, we are strengthened. Imagine if all you did was rely on one set of friends. That's like going to the gym and only having leg day all of the time. It looks really weird and disproportional. All right. Okay. Almost there. Let's go. Point number three. Loneliness takes away our hope, but God gives us above and beyond what we can ask for or imagine. In the book of Ephesians, Paul ends one of his prayers with an interesting and often quoted verse. Uh, In Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. How many of you want that promise? above and beyond, but what this verse actually says is the way he does it is with his work within us, within us, not outside of us, but he does something within us, and so what loneliness does, in spite and through our loneliness, God can do things, and one of the things he does is he heals us. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And the problem with loneliness is sometimes we're looking for something to to solve it or to fix it, something or someone. And it becomes like hope deferred because you keep waiting for it. You know what's worse than hope deferred is actually false hope. Because if you're waiting for something that's not actually good for you or good for you in the moment, then you're going to be waiting for nothing and it's going to make our heart really sick. So what God does even in that in that process he heals us from our false hopes and false expectations. And all the married people know that not good to have false expectations. That's a big burden on a relationship. But it also heals us from our fears. And so for me, going through loneliness actually caused me to look inward because it actually caused me to say, okay, God, since you're not giving me what I want from coming from the outside, what is it that you want to do on the inside because usually chronic or long seasons of loneliness is just a symptom, but the real sickness is sometimes fear or pride. Loneliness is a symptom. Fear or pride is the actual sickness, but God has the cure. And so the way God healed me was just first by humbling. Yes, I'm fearful. I'm actually afraid of getting hurt. But then sometimes that fear when you push people away turns into pride. And I start saying, no, I don't need other people. And so God, when I allowed myself to be humble before him, and I allowed him to renew my mind, uh, he really invited me. He gives us an invitation to participate in our own healing. Another thing he does is he actually transforms us by breaking uh, generational and cultural patterns. Uh, You've heard it said, hurt people hurt people, uh, but isolated people also isolate people. And unfortunately, we only do what we learned from other people. But Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want God's good and pleasing and perfect will. But it actually says that God has to first transform us for us to even be able to recognize it. And it's so hard and counterintuitive and uncomfortable to learn something new. When I was in Brisbane, I had to learn how to drive on the other side of the road it was really difficult. I kept hitting the wipers instead of signaling left or right. It happened over and over. I'm pretty sure I may have run into someone's side mirror because I thought I was on the other side of the road. Like, it was bad. Uh, but after forcing myself to learn it in, in a couple of days, I was actually able to drive myself to the Gold Coast, which is about 45 minutes away from Brisbane. And so I got to see the beach and I got to see the alpacas that I wanted to see. <laughs> Imagine if I didn't learn and I'd be waiting for someone to drive me. That's what it's like. God actually wants us to learn a new way so he can bring us to new places and open up new things. So one of the things I love about our church is we call ourselves a family you've been looking for. But as another meaning to that, I call it the functional family you've been looking for. Because for a lot of us, we actually don't have a model for what that looks like. So it was here in favor that I learned how to communicate, how to give grace, how to not be passive-aggressive, how to honor people, appreciate people. I learned about loyalty in this church. I learned how to be generous in this church. But there has to be a humbling to be able to say, yes, God, I want to learn how to do things differently. Do things differently. All right. Another thing he does is he actually gives purpose and uses us. So for me, one of the most meaningful compliments I ever receive is not when someone says, you ran the meeting well, you preached well or not. But actually, one of the most meaningful compliments that I actually get is when someone says to me, Uh, because of you, I've learned to embrace my singleness. And that's one of the most meaningful things to me because that's the one that cost me. Like, it cost me a lot. And if if my experience and my sharing about my experience actually spares people of 10 years of regret or 10 years of feeling they're not good enough or 10 years of feeling like God is holding out on them, like, of course, I will share my story. That's when I realized that my greatest weakness could actually be my greatest strength. There are people in your world who are lonely. Earlier when I asked you to raise your hand, I bet a lot of people in your world didn't know that you felt lonely. Because sometimes you just can't tell, right? I I know for sure, for me, a lot of people, in fact, I was so lonely growing up and I realized it was because my friends thought She probably doesn't need anyone because she's always around people. So I would sit at home waiting for someone to invite me, but everyone just assumed I was already doing something else. There are people in your world that need a friend. So if you're thinking, how can I have anything to give when I feel lonely? Well, guess who God uses to heal lonely people? He uses lonely people people who understand what loneliness looks like and understands how it feels. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. When I realized that my pain had a purpose, instead of looking at my brokenness and my emptiness as a flaw, I saw it as an avenue for God's love to flow. Last one is that he blesses us. He blesses us. So here I was praying for one person to come and save me. But instead, God sent me multiple people. God showed me love through multiple people. So why would someone listen to me when obviously I'm still walking this journey? And I realized. <laughs> um, what I have to share is actually quite rich, not in money. I'm rich in relationships and God has really blessed me and I'm not, I'm not just defined by my relationship status, but I am a testimony that God can bless someone, that if you're humble and if you ask God, he can answer your prayer. And maybe sometimes in ways that you can never expect, but definitely, infinitely more than what I could ask or think. Because I thought I was poor. I'm poor at relationship because why am I not with someone? But God's saying, no, you are rich. Just look around you. Look at the people that I have placed in your life. And I'm still learning for sure. Uh... One of my favorite verses, Psalm 37, verse 4, and I know a lot of you know this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And we sometimes misunderstand what this verse means and just think, oh, God's going to give me everything. Uh, But what's really cool about this verse is it's a bundle deal. When you delight yourself in the Lord, when you become intimate with Him, when you get to know Him more, your desires start transforming. What I thought was once important to me is not important anymore. And what God shows me is more important. Those are the ones that I learn how to value. And the reason why it's a bundle deal, because yes, your desires are transformed, but even delighting in God is itself a win and a reward. So uh, last May, I turned 41. And I, hate, I hated, just disclaimer, I hated turning 40. It was just something I had to grieve. Uh, but I'm enjoying it now. That's why I'm able to say it. Um, but uh, this year on my birthday, I said, you know what? I just need to get away. And here's a tip for single people. Um, don't wait until you're married to do things that you want to do. Because God can keep adding to your list of dreams and desires. And so traveling is one of the things that's really important to me. It actually makes me feel really happy. And so I intentionally do it. I intentionally save money so I can do it. I file my leave so I can do it. And on my birthday, I went to Korea. Uh, Because like most people in the pandemic, I watched a lot of K-dramas. Um, Just a side note on that, uh, if you're someone who struggles with loneliness, uh, don't watch K-dramas. I should have known this better because I teach this to people all the time. You know how they say the eyes are the window to your soul? Um, If your eyes are heavy, if your heart is heavy, you got to check what your eyes are looking at. And so if you're constantly watching K-dramas about people falling in love or reading about it or if, you know, for some people here who struggle with pornography or whatnot, if you're wondering why is your heart so heavy, check what you're looking at. But anyway, I digress. So I went to Korea and I got to see alpacas again because I really love them so much. Um, But I was walking in Korea and I was one of the first people here who was able to go because I have a U.S. passport and that was really cool. So it was awesome to not have tourists around and I could just enjoy all the tourist spots, just me and God walking together. And I just really found myself really, really happy. It It was bizarre, but I did. And I just remember, I was kind of talking to God and praying, and I'm like, God, thank you so much. Like, I really, really, really love being here. And I felt God say to me in that moment, Hey, Liz, what is the emotion that you associate with being married? Like when you really wanted it, why did you want it? And I'm like, well, I guess so I could feel really happy and secure and safe and protected and yeah just happy. And God's like, you mean the emotion you're feeling now? And I was like, that's right. Like, if I were to bottle up that emotion, what I wanted to feel, I was actually already feeling it in that moment. And I felt like God really wanted me to get that because He's like, one day you might get married and you might think, that's it? (laughs) Plus, it comes with drama? (laughs) Like... (laughs) And again, that's my story. And it's different for different people. Again, I'm not saying singleness is better than other seasons. It's just different. So whatever season and place you're in, God can meet you already there. I don't want you to wait and hold out for something else and hope for something else when God can already meet you right where you're at. so I want to end with this. The last one is loneliness makes us feel unloved, but God loves us. So when I came to Jesus, I grew up as a Catholic and um, people would always ask me, did you finally give your life to Jesus because you understood that he was your Lord and Savior? And I'm like, you know what? I always knew Jesus was Lord, my Lord and Savior. In fact, I was so scared of him. Uh, but what actually transformed my heart was understanding that God loved me. That was the one that changed my heart that I didn't have to earn it, I didn't have to perform for it, but that God freely gave His love to me. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And it really says, you don't have to bend over backwards, you don't have to chase after it, you don't have to become this perfect person, get this bank account. It says whoever believes in Him, believes that, God sent His only Son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Whoever believes that Jesus did what He said He would do and that you and I have now access to an unlimited source of love, that we get to receive it. That God loves you. It's actually already available. The love that you're looking for, the comfort that you're looking for, The strength that you're looking for, it's available to you. The question is, are you going to access it? Are you going to embrace it? So earlier, I started my message with how the enemy just really deceives us. And the problem with deception is we start pushing away from God. God, our source of security and our source of love. And when that happens, we start experiencing hopelessness and death. And so many times that I find myself really struggling with loneliness, it's really a question of how far away am I from God? And maybe you're listening right now and you've, you just knew that there's always been this wall between you and God. And today, He's actually giving you the invitation to be able to break down that wall. God sent His only Son, Jesus, to be able to die for our sins. So that thing that separates us from God, that wall, that wall is our life of sin. And He sent Jesus to be able to bridge that gap. And when we say, God, I'm going to repent, which means I I don't want that life of sin anymore. I'm going to break down that wall And I'm going to hold on to Jesus. The Bible says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe it in your heart, that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you've been listening to me today, and you're not even sure if you do have that relationship with God, or maybe once upon a time, you did have that relationship, but you know that you have just intentionally pushed away from Him. I'm not asking you if you had a bad day or a bad week but you know that you have to make that decision to give your life to Jesus and have a relationship with Him once again. I want to invite you to do that. So if that's you, can I ask everyone to just close their eyes and bow their heads? If that's you and you're saying that's me, I need I need to have that relationship with God again and I feel like my life has been empty and I want to just Declare it by faith. I just want to believe in faith. If that's you right now, I want to invite you to raise your hands at the count of three. One, two, three. I see those hands. You can just raise them up high so we can see them. So I can see who I'm praying for. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Over there in the side. Here in front. I see your hand. If you raise your hand, you can go ahead and put your hand on your heart and repeat this prayer after me and all of us. We're going to say it together. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I believe that you died and that you rose again so that I would be saved. I open up my heart to you today and I ask you to come in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all those people who made that decision a big hand. You know, for those of you who made that decision, that is one of the best, that the best decision that you can make. So much so that we actually put it in our website, favorite.church slash best decision ever. We want to be able to walk with you on that journey. Uh, We have people later from our prayer team. They're going to just explain to you that decision that you made. And we want to be able, like I said, to just walk with you. Because a Christian life, it's not meant to be done alone. It's, it's, It's tough, but it's so, so worth it. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family. And we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.